this morning we begin a brand new message series. As I said in the introduction, imagine the unimaginable. This week we imagine the unimaginable life of living as the light of the world and what that means. So our text comes from Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 14. Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people put a light, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Imagination. I just want to kind of set the stage and, and kind of help us think about imagination. Imagination has great power to transform us and the world around us. Imagination can help lift and elevate our thinking to someplace higher. Ran across several quotes this week having to do with living a life that you can, just can't imagine just yet. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. That was Albert Einstein. Walt Disney said this, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Muhammad Ali said, the man who has no imagination has no wings. And then Dan Zadra, he said this, and I think this is really insightful. Worry is a misuse of imagination. I mean, think about that. We build anxieties over what may or may not happen. Our mind creates possibilities that cause us to fear or doubt or worry. But what if we use our imaginations in a different capacity? To imagine an unimaginable life. Talking just before the service with a gentleman, he, he shared he just, we, we live with such pessimism sometimes of how bad things are. What if we imagined a better life, a better reality? Imagination is the key to many people's success. What would have happened if the Wright brothers never imagined the airplane or Sir Tim Berners-Lee never imagined the World Wide Web? What would happen if you tapped into your powers of imagination? What would happen if God empowered your imagination to see things as he knows they can be? Jesus invites us to imagine a world put right by his light shining in our lives. The light of the world implies that this world is in darkness. At the beginning of creation, we know that that's exactly how things started. There was just darkness, and God simply spoke, let there be light. And his imagination for creation unfolded. Jesus himself called himself, I am the light of the world. The light of the world. Now, the, this title had been given by Jews to some of their really distinguished rabbis. Like the, the rabbi among rabbi were given this title, the light of the world. The light of the universe. And it would have sounded strange to the scribes and the Pharisees to hear the same title, light of the world, applied to a bunch of ragtag fishermen, tax collectors, sinner disciples. Sometimes the world confuses light and darkness. And the world believes that technology, education, and science can eventually solve all of our problems. Pharisaical religion believes that if you just do more of the right things and less of the wrong things, this world would be a better place. 
But there's truth in another, in another source. There's truth in the light of the world. That Christ himself is the light. And God in this amazing way that I don't understand, he conceals all of his brilliance, all of his light wrapped up in flesh in Jesus Christ. Who living on this world shone his light into our lives. And on the death, it looked like darkness consumed the light as Jesus died. But in reality, what happened was the light of the world was shining brighter than it's ever shone before, revealed in all its purity on Easter Sunday. That the darkness cannot ever overcome the light. Christ himself is the light. And we, his followers, are no more than just pointers, reflectors of Christ's light. We are called light in the Lord in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. We shine as lights in the world in Philippians 2.15. We are to bring the light to the world and the world to the light. During my, my time of, of writing my dissertation and research, I, I spent time interviewing several individuals who were living a life of recovery from addiction, and in that recovery process, experienced a transformation of how they viewed God. Many of them, because of bad ex examples and, and events from their past, had a very negative view of God, and in the course of recovery, came to know and understand God as loving, as transforming, as benevolent, as good. And so I studied the factors that made those transitions occur. And I, I studied and, and talked with people of all kinds of faith backgrounds, all kinds of spiritual backgrounds, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Zen, Buddhist. And on the, my last interview was with a lady who was Buddhist. And she came in after the, after the interview. She said, I've got a, a gift I want to give you. I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be. Um, and she reached into her pocket and she pulled out a lighthouse this lighthouse. It actually sits at my desk uh, since I've received it from her. And I thought at the moment, in the judgmental mind that I have, uh, that she was going to make some kind of spiritual, holistic, mumbo-jumbo, light-in-the-dark kind of comment. But instead, she said this. She said, Ty, I want to give you this because you shine the light of Jesus Christ into a very, very dark place. And you help people navigate the darkness into a place of safety. That light of Jesus you use. I'm like, well, I feel guilty. <laughs> I was thinking she was going to say something completely non-Christian. And she, she reflected, a non-believer reflected Jesus' light right back into me. It's a good reminder for me. And so it sits on my desk where I can see it every day just to remember that's what we're called to do, right? To be a lighthouse for the darkness of this world, to penetrate into that darkness like only light can and help people navigate this incredibly dark, difficult season and to bring them into a safe harbor, to bring them into the arms of their father, to know the love of God that transforms lives, to know the light of the world. Lighthouses are, are, are kind of interesting. I did a little bit of studying on, on them this week, and, and some of them have very small flames. 
right? Their, their light source is not very big, not very bright, but there's this complex system of, of magnifiers and reflectors that anticipate and, and make that light just shoot out into the darkness. We are those reflectors that reflect that light of Christ far into the darkness of this world. We are a necessary part of God's plan to save others, to reflect that light. Now, sometimes as reflectors, we get tarnished. We get, we get damaged. We get broken. We get smudged with sin all over the place, and we make a very poor reflector. And it's in those times where God calls us to be in his grace, and he washes us clean. He shines us back up again. It's what happens when we receive his body and blood, when we re- remember our baptisms, when we hear his words of absolution. He shines us back up so that we can go back out there and shine brightly into the darkness one more time. And here's where we shine our light. The parable today gives us two distinct places. The first one is the church, the body of Christ. He talks about the light of the world. It's not a light to ourselves, but we are to be a light that shines out into the world. Like the city on a hill. Cannot be hidden. You can't put a city on top of a hill and make it invisible. It's visible to everybody around it. Concealment is impossible. We as disciples are not supposed to blend in invisible to the rest of the world. Not meant for concealment. We're here to be an example to the public. And in the next, in the next section, he talks about not just in the church, but in our own homes. But speaking in the church, how is our church viewed by the community? If you were to ask people in the community, not a part of St. Luke's family, what do you know or think about St. Luke's? What would people say? I think there's a challenge to us to not just live as a congregation that gathers here at church, but doesn't see this as a base camp from which we go out and live our Jesus adventure boldly in our community. To be a congregation that is known as being light in the world. Now, being light to the world is a simple concept, but it's really complex and difficult to do. It's easy to say, well, you know, love God and love one another. That's, that's pretty simple. But what about when we disagree? What about when we're hurt? What about when our tempers flare? It's difficult sometimes to negotiate when we disagree with somebody and have integrity with what we believe and balance that integrity with what we believe and compassion and care for the person across from us. So this is how we are to shine the light in public, out into the world. But what about our homes? The next illustration Jesus uses is this lamp on a lampstand, this lamp that's in a house How do we treat our family or our closest circle of friends? Or are we different in private than we are in public? I think the case could be known that it's so much easier to be a city set on a hill than a lamp in a house. Because you can always fake it in public. But who are you at home? Who are you truly? How well do our attitudes, our actions, our words shine the love of God into our families' lives. Somebody noted today, or this past week, that if you're carrying a, a lantern or a lamp, the, the higher you lift the lamp, the easier it is for you to see further away. 
And in that kind of concept, the, the height of your lampstand is the level of, of intentionality that you bring to shining that light. The more intentional you are, the higher your lampstand, the further your light will shine. But intentional, be intentional with the shining of God's light into your home. How we live our everyday, our vocational lives as, as wives and husbands and brothers and sisters and parents and children and grandparents and family and close friends, how we do this matters because the world is watching. How do we shine this light? How do we become so full of Jesus that we begin to interact with the world as Jesus did? Again, it's simple but complicated. To simply know Jesus, believe in him, and love others, but complicated to actually do that when life circumstances are incredibly difficult. Jesus gives some practical examples of how to do that. Immediately following this text, we're in the middle, at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus preaches what, the, what is the best sermon ever, delivering how to live this way. How to live in such a way to shine your light into the world. He says, let go of anger. That has no place. It's murder. Just let go of anger. Stop lusting. Have more integrity with your sexuality. Stay committed in your marriage. Show kindness to those who hurt you rather than exacting revenge. Pray for those who persecute you. Be generous without making a show out of it. Pray simply and sincerely. Don't let money rule your life. These are ways that you shine your light into the world. Well, why on earth would we do something like this? Now, often at the end of a parable, and we'll, we'll probably see this repeated throughout this summer and into the fall, tucked away towards the end of a parable is often the key to understanding all of it. And that's definitely true with this parable. At the very ending, Jesus says, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When you live out your good works, when you shine your light, you are enabling people the opportunity to see and witness the goodness of God and give glory to him. That's the point here. That's why we are to shine. That people would know and understand Jesus the way that we do. As a God of grace and mercy, of forgiveness, of love, of acceptance, of transformation. This is why we do that. This is why we do our Jesus adventure. I want you to imagine now, what if your life, your individual life, don't think of your spouse or somebody else, don't take somebody else's inventory, just yours. What if your life looked more like Jesus? In your words, in your actions, in your attitudes, your motivations. Imagine what life would look like if you were more like him. To boldly live that Jesus adventure without fear. To shine Jesus' light in, a word, in word and action, even in the midst of difficult times, even in the midst of trauma. Many people over the last year and a half have experienced a lot of trauma. A lot of people struggle with PTSD. It's a very real thing. But new studies are coming out that suggest, well, what about instead of viewing this as post-traumatic stress? We imagine a different reality, and they call it post-traumatic growth. 
post-traumatic growth focuses on the positive. Instead of suffering, you focus more on resilience. Instead of just coping, you focus on overcoming. Instead of just hurting, you focus on the growth that occurs through that. The emphasis is on the positive. Imagine something positive. Here's some tips to help with growing in your ability to imagine. Wherever it is that you're struggling, whatever it is that's a challenge or a hurdle or an obstacle or a pain for you today, imagine a better reality. What would that look like? And then read scripture. Read what God has to say about his promises to you. And, and read and learn about new behaviors you want to see in your life. Learn and study what and how that new reality can happen. Practice those behaviors repeatedly and fail. You're going to fail at something new. But then know that at the end of the day, remember your baptism and start fresh tomorrow and do a better job tomorrow than you did today. Surround yourself with people who, who think the same way as you who think with their imaginations and can imagine something better happening. Take plenty of time to meditate, to pray, to be calm and still and know that he is God. On a regular basis, visualize what that new reality could be. Now, this is what psychology says. That's how you experience a new reality. But what if we take these steps And we overlay on that the power of Jesus Christ, the power to transform, the power to heal, the power to do the miraculous. What if we expected the miracles? Imagine. Imagine a world put right. That's the kingdom of God. We have it present with us now. Imagine a world put right. What would that look like? And it's, it's so much more than just stop doing the bad things, start doing the good things. It's so much more than science or technology solving our worldly problems. It's the wisdom from God, the light of God that enables us to balance having integrity with what we believe and compassion with how we live our lives. Imagine. What would you be like today? If the Holy Spirit empowered you to live more like Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure you'd shine brightly into the darkness of this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son who who was the one, the light that overcame darkness for all. Father, in that victory, inspire us to dream, to, to imagine the life that you are calling us into, equipping us for, sending us to, And when we fail, restoring us. God, this morning, wash clean all of our reflectors and magnifiers that we could shine the love of your son brightly and boldly into this community. We pray this in Jesus' powerful and holy, illuminating name. Amen.